Welcome to the Soul Podcast. Great stories, tough issues, grace in the real world. Episode 7, and we are back in our series about addiction, recovery, rave kids, and God's grace. We heard from Mike Bonomo and from Rob and Colleen Myers of RaveOutreach.com. Today we dig in to talk about what all those drugged out kids are really looking for. What do peace, love, unity, and respect actually mean? We'll get into the word for that and we'll tell some more phenomenal stories as some of those rave kids head out to Camp 33. Now you may remember I was a rave kid, so these stories mean a lot to me. I remember what it was like when all my friends all sat around in a circle in our little druggy party house and everyone was trying to figure out why they stopped working. I also remember what it was like when I found peace, real peace, and real unity, and real respect. And I love these stories as Rob and Colleen and friends go out and bring God's love to these kids who have no idea what's coming. And before we get started, a big thanks to everyone who participated in our Rate, Review, Subscribe, and Share contest. We got 252 reviews kicking us off with a 5.0 star rating. Nice work, everyone. And let me make it clear that every bit of that glory goes to God. Every one of these stories is a testimony of His grace. I just love getting a front row seat for the adventure. So, the contest is done, but we could still use your rate, review, subscribe, and share. That does us a lot of good. And it helps us reach more people with these stories. And we will announce the winner next week. Now, if you rated and reviewed but forgot to complete the contest entry form, get that done by midnight Monday, December 8th. There's a link on our website, soulpodcast.com, S-O-L-E podcast.com. So get that in and we will announce the winner next time. Okay, time to get started. So let's get to it. You've got to hear this story. Welcome to the Soul Podcast, stories of grace in the real world, real lives, tough issues, and the love of God all wrapped up in one crazy podcast. Brad Hornback, welcome back to the studio, my co-host. I'm back. Oh, better than ever. <laughs> and we've, we've invited back our guests from the last couple of episodes. Welcome back to the studio, guys. Mike Bonomo, good to have you back in the studio with us. Hey, good to be back. Mike is an addiction counselor, licensed addiction counselor, Christian pastor, recovering addict, and one of my closest friends. Mike, welcome back. Robin Colleen Myers, welcome back to the studio. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to have you guys back with us. Robin Colleen are part of... Plur Life Ministries, reaching out to rave kids and have some of my favorite stories in the whole world. And speaking of stories, Brad, I want you to picture it again. I have a, I have a scene for you to picture. You're the same rave kid. With hair again. <laughs> that's a terrible picture. Sorry. That's, sorry. <laughs> Long okay. down to the shoulder. Okay, go ahead. Come okay, on. you're down the shoulder. I'm with you this time. We're together. Okay. I got my afro. Nice. You got your long hair. But now we're going to fast forward a couple months from our last encounter with these crazy rave mom and dad over here. It's a weekend again, but instead of heading back to the rave, instead of going to the music festival, this time we are going camping. And it's not a rave, not a music festival. We are spending the entire weekend with those crazy rave moms and dads <laughs> that we met at the last one because we got invited to go camping for free. And it didn't cost us 400 bucks this time. Nice. It's totally free. We don't have to bring cash for fun or for food or for drugs or condoms or whatever because we're thinking probably that's not going over. 
<laughs> not happening. A church mom and dad. But weirdly <laughs> enough, we're actually kind of excited about it because those guys are pretty cool. And we get there and there's uh, there's a handful of other ravers and a bunch of other moms and dads. And everyone feels like family, like weird family that actually likes each other. And you do all kinds of cool stuff. We get the food is good. And we don't even mind that they open up the Bible because it's actually kind of cool. Mm. And you, we think to ourselves, what are we doing here? So to answer that question, Robin Colleen Myers. So what is that? You guys run a, another ministry called Camp 33. Tell us what that is real quick. Well, the kids that we meet at Raves, we invite to come to camp, Camp 33. And uh, the spiritual, it's a spiritual adventure weekend. Uh, the spiritual part is if I heard terrible things about you, Chris, and I didn't know you, should I believe them or find out the truth? So these kids have heard a lot about God from Facebook, sitcoms, teachers, Christians with bad theology, wherever they're getting this information. We just want to open up the Bible, go through the gospel a little bit at a time so that by the end of the weekend, they can make an educated decision from what the Bible says about God rather than what rumors are about God. And the adventure part is uh, we do it pretty much all in Jeeps. We do a 12-hour nice. journey for, on Saturday from the mountains to the desert. Uh, we climb a tower. We take them out on a lake. We go in a gold mine. We do all these crazy fun activities, and they're all tied to an object lesson in the gospel. So we just so break down the fun. Gospel. Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. In between, you're opening up the Bible. Right. You're getting some food. No drugs. Right. And you're actually getting to know these kids. Yeah. Yes. And spend the weekend together and, and hear about some grace. Well, I want to hear some more about that. We're going to dive in and get some stories. We talked about in our last episode, the kids who are at raves aren't doing drugs just for the sake of drugs. They're after something. There's a desire in the heart. And I think that goes for anyone in any addiction. There's something that you're after that is a genuine God-given desire for the things they talk about, like peace, love, unity, and respect. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to dive into that. But first, Brad, I want you to give us our rules of engagement. How's this working? Four of them here, Chris. Basically, respect the story. Uh, we're going to talk about some serious issues, but the story's got to come first. Uh, it's people's lives we're talking about. Uh, we got to respect that. Uh, humility before wisdom. Uh, good questions come before good answers, and we are all here to understand this a little bit more and to grow. Uh, grace always. For every issue, for every life, there's grace. We intend to find it. And then God exalted. Uh, we seek the Lord in every story and uh, every struggle that we're going to talk about. His word, not ours, is the final word. Uh, his word will keep us grounded. So let's dive in. Nice. Mm. I like these rules. These are good rules for any time you sit down with the Bible, especially as you talk about hard issues, which we're talking about here. Amen. So let's actually back up first. We're gonna. I want to talk about Camp 33. I want to talk about what you do there and uh, and how that connection is with the kids. I love those stories. But back up a little bit. Help us understand why these kids are doing drugs. Why is it not just a music party and dancing and fun? Like, what is it that they're chasing after? Tell me a story that brings me into that. Well, um, the kids the kids are using, um, They the law enforcement says about 90% of the kids on at a typical rave are using some sort of illegal drug. And the drug of choice is usually ecstasy or some other club drug like that. And um, they, they're looking for PLUR. PLUR is their motto. And it stands for peace, love, unity, and respect. And so um, some of these drugs provide those feelings. They're, of course, uh, it's a counterfeit from the enemy. It's a lie. But um, they do provide temporary feelings of plur. And so um, that's that's 
what they're looking for, and that's what they find. Even though delivers on a short term right. basis, it does deliver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what are you doing at uh, at Camp Thirty Three? You don't let them bring the drugs. No, no, and we're <laughs> offering um, true, lasting plural through Jesus. Amen. Yeah, they basically uh, show up on a Friday night. Uh, we give them a Bible. Um, all the Bibles match, so we pre-highlight the verses, and we can tell them turn to page seven thirty-two because these are non-believers who don't know how to use the Bible. And uh, by the end of the weekend, we tell them, you know, we're not trying to coerce them. Our job is just to give you the truth of what it says. And um, it's amazing. You know, they come in, and they're they're hugged, and they're immediately loved and accepted. And the parents come around them. You know, we play some games. We have dinner. Uh, we pass out their Bibles. We have their name engraved on all of them. And uh, the response when they look at a Bible with their name on it, um, they're just in awe every time. Uh, one kid asked for a, a Ziploc bag because he wanted to keep it safe all weekend long and make sure it stayed clean. Um, and it's just Are you awesome. getting in the mud? <laughs> but yeah, well, we, yeah, we're going to be in a Jeep, so. Yeah, a little dirty. Yeah. Messy ministry. <laughs> yeah, that's for awesome. Sure. And, um, you know, and we just open it up and we just go through Scripture. We, we talk about who God is and we talk about the greatest commandments, loving God and loving people, and that's where his heart's at. Um, on Are they Friday pretty night. open when you open a, a Bible with some kids who spend a lot of their other weekends with drugs and sex and all kinds of crazy? Is, they are they are. open to sitting down with a Bible with you? They are. They, they fill out an application online where they can come. And we, one of the questions on there is, are you willing to hear us out about Jesus? Hmm. And then we say, what do you think about God, good or bad, just be honest? And they hmm. answer that question yeah. for us. So they know, we're not duping them into anything. They know that they're going to open a Bible. But they also know that they're going to spend a lot of time having a good time and the moms are going to feed them and love on them. And a lot of these kids have met the moms and, you know, um, it is a little probably scary for them, risky, coming to people they don't really know for a weekend. Um, but they're just, we hear it over and over again, we just love them like their own kids from the minute they walk through the door. Yeah. And um, they're very receptive. So tell us the story. Give me, give me a good story. You guys are good storytellers. Well, tellers. we, we uh, ran into a, a young man at a rave. Um, I'm going to call him Daniel. And um, he got a bracelet from us. We give out rave-style bracelets that ravers collect and trade as a sign of plur to each other. And so we, they're called candy. And uh, we give out about 90,000 of these bracelets a year at raves around the country. And they they have a website on it that share the gospel. So we had given him one of those bracelets. Well, um, he went home and um, shared with his grandmother that he'd been going to raves. Well, little did he know that his grandmother was on our prayer team, and she was making those bracelets oh, for wow. rave kids. <laughs> wow, <laughs> nice. So it was just one of those God things. So we didn't know all this was going on behind the scenes, but um, Daniel walked through our front door on the first night of— it starts at our home in the mountains. So he walked through the front door with a big big bag of our uh, Plurway bracelets. And I looked at him, I said, where did you get those? And he said, my grandma makes these for you guys. And we're like, what? Anyway, he, um, he went through that weekend. And um, at one point, he he looked at at Rob and said, you promised adventure and boy, did you deliver. He said, this is one of the best weekends of my whole life. Um, so uh, we opened scripture with him, went through it. And um, 
his grandmother was on our prayer team, so we were posting some prayer requests, and she did make the comment. She said, the Holy Spirit and I have been conspiring to knock that boy off his horse. And I thought that was such a cute grandma thing to say, you know. Well, at the end of the weekend, um, we have a guest book, a Camp 33 guest book, and he signed it. And he was talking about how great a weekend he had. And one thing he said is, this whole weekend experience has been shaking. No one has ever described Camp 33 as shaking before. Well, what knocks a boy off its horse? It's the shaking, right? And I was like, oh, God is so after this young man. Wow. It was so cool. Sure enough, um, he rededicated his life to the Lord. He'd been um, he'd gotten saved as a young child, and he came back to the Lord after that weekend, got plugged in um, to a Bible study on his campus at college, and uh, Rob just went to Santa Barbara and got to watch his baptism on the beach there in February. Ah, oh, and I have so to—I awesome. should throw in a, a tandem story to that. He brought his girlfriend to camp. Now she had no experience with Christianity at all, except she didn't like what had been done in God's name. So she was not a fan. Um, she went through the whole weekend and um, really didn't see much going on there. Uh, by Sunday, I. It looked like she was going to cry during our time of closing prayer, but it, the look on her face to me said, I will not get sucked into this emotion. I will yeah. not let yeah. this happen, you know? And um, so she left, and and the one that Daniel rededicated his life, you know, she just left. Um, and when we drove up to the baptism, I went with another one of the rave dads that had been at camp that weekend. And we were talking to each other about his girlfriend, thinking— I wonder whatever happened. I haven't heard a peep either way. So we kind of assumed, well, he's on fire for the Lord. They probably broke up and went separate ways. Yeah. We get out of the car in Santa Barbara, and who comes running across the parking lot? Hmm. But his girlfriend jumps up in my arms, gives me this big hug, and I'm just, like, blown away. And when she walked away and I was talking to Daniel, he said, oh, yeah, she gave her life to the Lord. She's getting discipled. She's going to be baptized this summer. That's and awesome. uh, God just totally is amazing. Never yeah. know what seeds are being planted and when, and you just right. he's going to he's going to water them and move them move them forward. That's, right. that's awesome. Amen. Yeah. yeah, and that's essential. And to wow. me, the the camp is really just an extra heavy dose of grace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because what what you meet them at the raves with is is grace, but you only have time for 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 <laughs> right. little shots of grace, for mm-hmm. a little a little tiny dose, a little here's some grace from God, whether it's just. The, the gift of candy. And the interesting thing to me is the connection with rave culture, from what I remember, with a heart for grace. There's this desire for a, a little bit of grace. When I when I used to go, kids would just hand out pixie sticks. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, <laughs> there's a kid just giving away pixie sticks. It cost them almost nothing, but like, here's a little something. And I just thought, people give away stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Now, they weren't giving away drugs. The drugs were incredibly expensive, unless they were trying to <laughs> yeah. run one over on right. you. Right. But there was this little desire for grace, but real sacrificial grace. Mm -hmm. That's what they see from you guys. Somebody making real sacrifice who has nothing to gain out of this. Because the grace that's given is something that's immediately given back. I'll give you a pixie stick. You give me a starburst. I'll give you this (laughs) feeling. You give me that feeling. And it's always, well, I like it because it makes me feel good. I like giving because I really like the the feeling I get from it. And there's, there's a little bit of... 
of like that reciprocation that makes me feel good. But what you guys are given, holding back a girl's hair when a mom's out holding back her hair when she's just throwing up all night, there's mm-hmm. nothing getting back from that. And when they see those bits of grace, I think that's what calls them back. And we spend an mm-hmm. entire weekend, this is the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And the big picture, what Jesus gives on the cross, this incredibly overwhelming grace, mm-hmm. that's what I think knocks them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually yep. what I want to transition to. Mm-hmm. I've got to break up our uh, our little issue discussion because we're going to move into what is quickly becoming my favorite part of the episode. It's time for Theology Throwdown. <laughs> and uh, we're going to mix it up. And actually, the, our our topic this week is going to be related to exactly what we're talking about there, what those kids are, are looking for. So, Brad, why don't you give us our topic and set us some ground rules? All right. So let's get the ground rules, and then I'll come I'll come back to the topic in question. Okay. Basically, let's let's read a verse and let's let's apply it, but let's keep it brief. Okay. Penalty cards will be given. Mike, I'm mm-hmm. looking at you right now, so be ready for that. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, they'll be given if you're out of context. <laughs> arguments made without grace. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all about grace. Okay, or if you're exceeding your time limit, you might get a red card. So everyone, is it clear? Yeah. We're good. Back to our corners. Let's Let's come out. What's the question? Here it is. The rave culture exalts plur. Okay. And, and, you know, this idea of inside the rave culture and outside the rave culture, uh, many people are using drugs to try to get to this idea or experience plur, right? Inside the rave or not, there's people using drugs. Mm -hmm. So what does the Bible say about the human desire for peace, love, unity, and respect? And why are people looking for it everywhere? but in God. Mike, you got something for us? Yeah. All um, right. Ecclesiastes uh, 3.11 says, He, that he is God, has also set eternity in the human heart. So God put eternity in the heart on purpose so people would seek out their purpose. He wants us to seek him, but so many forfeit his peace searching everywhere else. Mm, so the mm-hmm. desire is God-given. Mm-hmm. That's in Ecclesiastes. I'm going to take us to Galatians chapter 5, 21 and 22. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, a lot of stuff you see going on at a big drug party. Mm. But I'm going to move on from that. The next verse, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I made an observation here. When I came out of the rave scene, when I got saved, what I saw is a lot of kids who are desiring the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, and peace are beautiful things, but they're trying to get them by the works of the flesh. And Paul speaks directly to that in Galatians 6, 7, very next chapter. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, Hmm. that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap destruction. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's not going to work. The works of the flesh won't get you there. And I'd like to add in John 4, 13 and 14, uh, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a fount of water springing up to eternal life. And that's what we see in the, you know, with the drugs. It's very temporary. It, the, mm-hmm. the drugs offer a feeling of plur, but it doesn't last. You thirst again and you thirst mm-hmm. more. Yep. Amen. Um, and Isaiah 55, uh, 1 through 3 says, Come, all you who are thirsty, right? Come to the waters, and you have no money. Bu- come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? He says, Listen, listen to me. Eat what's good. You'll delight in the riches of fare. And God's offering what satisfies, what really satisfies for free. 
He's freely offering it, but it comes with the cost of response to the conviction of the heart that he gives. And he wants surrender. And people are more often willing to exhaust themselves uh, paying way too much for the counterfeit. I love that verse, especially that come get. Why are you spending money on what isn't satisfying you? Come, right. we got it for free. And I love what you guys do because it's offering for free what is so much better. It's the real thing. All right. I got one last verse for us. Colossians 3, 5. And uh, it says this, put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And I think it's important to make the connection between the, the sins of the flesh, the idolatry, uh, the, uh, the sexual immorality, the greed, with idolatry. Because what Paul says there is recognize that you're replacing God. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of idolatry. These sins are replacing God. And that's where you look for, well, why am I replacing God? What are you really after? It's those desires that God has given you when he set eternity in our hearts. Yeah. We had a time, ref. We're good to go. Nicely done. Well, we're going to move into two issues I want to talk about. The first issue I want to talk about here, now that we have, the rules are changed again, we can discuss. We're open. You we're can, back to discussion, we're, Chris. We're back, back to, to discussion. discussion. I want to talk through plur one at a time. Peace, love, unity, and respect. What is it that the kids are looking for, and what's the real thing? With each of these, I want to look at what's the drug-induced version and what's the real thing. So let's start with, with peace. What's the, what's the drug-induced version of peace? Well, you can't find true peace apart from Jesus. Um, no. So through drugs, they find escape. So they're escaping things that, that don't um, bring them peace, but they can't find true peace. Yeah. Mike, you talked about, when, as you shared your story, recognizing that one of the things you were looking for was peace. Mm-hmm. What kind of peace did you find? In the drugs? Yeah. Uh, artificial, definitely. You know, you checked out. At least I was. I was totally checked out from reality, uh, trying to either completely numb anxiety, pain, heartache, or whatever, or feel something because I was feeling nothing. Um, and But what I was really looking for was a peace that only comes from forgiveness from God through Christ, forgiveness of sin, and then you get the peace of God through the relationship with him. Mm. That's good. All right. So what is the real thing? We understand the fake. What's the real thing? What, what kind of, what, how would you describe the peace that God has to offer? I think that when you have the peace that God has to offer, it doesn't really matter your circumstance Amen. or your situation. Mm-hmm. Things can be falling apart, and you end up with a peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, you're not escaping it by taking drugs and just forgetting it until later. You're actually going through the trial and having peace. Yeah. yeah, so there's a peace that does not depend on circumstances, and it doesn't even depend on you getting necessarily how it's all going to work out. Oh, yeah. That's Philippians right. 4.13, the, the peace that passes understanding as we pray to God, we lay out our needs, and we simply trust in him. Is that something, you know, we, we hear it actually a lot, you know, from, from non-believers is, or that want to maybe say they want to believe is they'll say, you know, well, let me fix it, and then I'll go to God. You know, and that's like basically right. that's like me saying, you know, I have a big wound and I'm going to fix the wound and then I'm going to go to the hospital. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't want to show up at the hospital <laughs> looking like this. You know, I think that's uh, that's. Yeah, exactly. No, right. you show up at the hospital, whatever condition you're in, <laughs> yeah, right where you're now. at. Right, right. right. All right. Let's move on to love. What is the drug induced version of love? What we see a lot um, is casual sex without true intimacy. Mm. Yeah. 
And I'll say this, the rave culture when I was there is is different in some ways than it is now. It has become highly sexualized. That was certainly there. The drugs and the sex were, were there, but it's become it's become centered around the drugs and the sexuality. The girls are a lot wearing a lot less than when I was there. I, I don't even want to look at pictures of raves at, at this point. But sex feels like love at first. Mm-hmm. And for the kids, a lot of times that's what they're after. They're they're looking for love, the genuine need. But they're coming up empty. And that's that's where that's where you end up in a spiral. The spiral is mm-hmm. you look for it, it comes up empty, you try again and some and you mess around, well, maybe that wasn't love because it was the wrong guy. I'll try with this guy or with this girl. But you're coming up empty. So what's the real thing? What's true love, biblically speaking? Treating each other like Christ treats the church. And it's looking to give instead of to get. Mm, yeah. And in that way, it's a sacrificial love. Right. Yeah, First Corinthians 13. Love <clears throat> is patient. Love is kind. And on it goes. Love is patient. Love is kind. And Ephesians, Paul told the husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, right? So what Rob says is true. I mean, it's a, or Colleen said, you know, it's about giving and not wanting to receive or take, you know, and and I think like with the drugs and the sex on top, it's like a, it's like enhancing a thrill with a, you know, along with another thrill, you know, they're seeking like, however I can add to this, let me. I, you know, it's not enough. It's never enough. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. The next thrill, the next, you know, good feeling, it's just never enough. It's not going to satisfy that deep thirst that we all have. So what's the end to that when people are out there and they're seeking that more and more and more? Well, you either get, end up, you know, completely depleted and exhausted, like I said before, and a lot of people die chasing it. Yeah. You know, um, you can lose yourself, lose your, definitely lost in a, an identity crisis to begin with, but you can you know, literally lose your mind, you know, end up in a mental hospital. Um, yeah. and I think what Mike was describing a couple episodes back happening physically with the chemicals in your, your brain that are being tricked by the drug yeah. into firing an overdrive mm-hmm. and then depleting them because you're not resting, you're not eating properly, you're not restoring them. All of that gets depleted. Something very similar is happening with love. You're, you're triggering mm-hmm. love to be to go into overdrive. You get depleted of it and you feel empty. And it's a downward spiral until you feel so empty you're giving up on life. And that's the end of the road for the addict, apart from Jesus, until you hit the pit and finally Jesus finds you in that pit. And mm-hmm. I'll, I want to add one more. First John 3.16, this mm-hmm. is how we know what love mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, mm-hmm. and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Mm-hmm. He, he says, let us not love with with empty gestures, but let's do it with in word and in truth. Let, let's do uh, let's love in truth in a way that Jesus loved us. He mm-hmm. gave us the example. Let's move on to unity. What is the drug induced version of unity? Well, it's a feeling that's created by the drug that wears off quickly. It's not it's not lasting. It's very temporary. Yeah. It's a we all love each other. We all right. get along. Isn't it great? Right. I remember sitting around in, in the circle like, this is so great that we all get along. But man, the morning after was terrible. The, yeah. That love was gone. That unity yeah. w- was gone, especially when people start figuring out who's sleeping with who and what went down. There's there's a lot of hurt that went on mm-hmm. when everybody thought they were just loving each other. Yeah, we pick up those pieces all the time at the ends of raves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember a night where uh, a, me and a bunch of the homeboys were smoke, uh, not smoking, snorting big old lines of, of speed, and like, and a couple people that were new to it were just 
for the first like couple hours they wouldn't stop talking about oh i just i love you guys man i love you guys so much and y'all my homies y'all my family and oh this is so great and just man i just love you guys i die for you i take a bullet for you i do anything for you and by the end of the night when when the sun started coming up it was dawn um we all basically wanted to kill each other and i i we literally were like plotting you know on how we were going to do each other in and trying to figure out why the other one was was out to kill us and it was a you know, bad batch of dope, but you know that initial feeling was, it was euphoric, and then the crash was really, really hard. Yeah. And it's hard to recover from that. You know, you don't just do more; it makes it worse. Yeah, because the feeling of love is not love, and so when you discover that, it mm-hmm. feels that much worse. The feeling of unity is not unity. You're mm-hmm. not actually unified just because you can all say the words for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Drugs will create an inbound feeling of love. It's created within you where real love is outbound. It's what we're giving to each other that makes us feel loved, not what we're getting, yeah. not what's coming in. So let's, let's flip that. What's the real thing? When, uh, when unity really happens, how do, how do we find genuine unity between us? Well, through fellowship and obedience in the body of Christ. And uh, we see a lot of times at raves, we get comments from the kids you guys are the best vibe in this whole place. Mm. I just want to <laughs> hang out here with you. Can I just hang out That's here with you? Awesome. And we say, sure, we'd love it if you'd hang out with us instead of going into the party. So they'll hang out with us. We'll feed them all night. They'll wait for their friends to come out. Yeah. But that's what they're sensing is the true plur. Because the vibe is not an act. And right. I, th- I think it's yeah. you're, you're not condoning the actions, but you're accepting them where they're at. Right. And that's that's huge. Yeah. yeah. And that's, giving them an opportunity to see the real thing, taste and see that the Lord mm-hmm. is good. When we uh, remodeled Camp 33, the, the destination out in the desert was just a dilapidated shack. And uh, the owner of the property was watching as 30, 40 people worked all weekend long from sunrise to sunset, nonstop, in complete major remodel. And at the end of the weekend, she's like, this was really weird. There wasn't one harsh word. There was people mm. over this whole property like ants everywhere on top of each other. And everybody got along. And it's just the unity in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the real deal. It's beautiful. And it needs to be emphasized that that is not created by the flesh. That's what, what Paul is really stressing there in Galatians is that you cannot work it up. The, uh, the, right. the, the fruit of the spirit fruit is a natural thing. Right. And you can't work it up by drugs. You also can't work it up by works of the law. What we're talking about mm-hmm. is not just obeying the law, love one another, be unified. It is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm-hmm. We have received grace. We don't deserve it. We're not following a bunch of rules to try to be unified. We are because of Christ in us. Mm-hmm. One of the classic illustrations of this was at a rave where there was camping included. And uh, we had um, a bunch of team members had flown in from different states and had met each other for the first time as they're starting this outreach. And so some kids were sitting around our table where the dads were, were serving them pancakes and the moms were sitting there eating with them inside the rave campground. And one of the kids said, um, so, like, are you guys, like, related or how long have you known each other? Like, were you friends for years? And, and we said, well, a lot of us just met each other for the first time this morning. And you should have seen their mouths just drop open. <laughs> like, what? You guys seem like family. And I said, we are family. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, I'll move on to the last letter, respect. This one is actually tough for me thinking about as I as I remember back to the rave days thinking, were we really about that? But what do you think is the drug-induced version of respect? 
Is there one? <laughs> Actually, we we just um, from our our little bird's eye view looking into this subculture, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they're on drugs, um, because we see past those outward actions, and we're seeing there's just not a lot of respect. Yeah, I would say I think the the false version is you respect me. And right. I think that's what it's about. People should right. respect Inbound me. It, it doesn't start with, oh, I'm going to respect everyone here. It, it really starts with, if you respect me, I'll respect you. And I think that's in the credo because it's a desire. We want to mm. be respected. And, yeah, we want to show respect, but we want to be properly respected. What, what is uh, So what's the real thing? What does genuine respect look like? For me, it's treating each other um, with the knowledge that all human beings are created in the image of God. And so it's just respecting a human being just on that very base level that, you know, you're created in the image of God. God loves you, and so I am going to love you, um, and I'm going to respect you. Yeah. To respect, respect has to do with the the worth that you attribute to something or someone. Mm -hmm. And so in that, respect is treating someone worthy. Mm-hmm. And in the world, that worthiness is based on what you do, especially what you do for me. And yet, when we turn it around, in Christ, your worthiness is based on who made you and the one who died for you. Jesus treated us as worthy before we mm-hmm. ever earned it in any way. And that's where the gospel mm-hmm. flips respect upside down. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, to wait for somebody to earn it or be good enough because Jesus loved us while we were sinners. Mm-hmm. Right. I was thinking and, about the connection. Oh, sorry. Okay. That uh, I was thinking about how this might be even connected to unity and the false sense of unity versus the real, because, you know, the respecting with unity, like the true unity is, you know, you're seeking to, you know, make somebody feel a part of something, you know, uh, where they really fit in. Like you're not going in just trying to be a part of something that people are doing, you know, like doing the drugs, the partying, whatever. We all feel like, yeah, we're in the same boat or whatever. But that real unity of the Holy Spirit, you know, we're really family as that common denominator, the spirit in each person. But I think like if you're really respecting somebody, you're trying to help them find their place in the community that they were made for. Right. Like we're made for community and everybody knows that. Uh and deep down inside, but, you know, there's that false sense of unity when people are going down that path of destruction together. Nobody really respects each other, or cares about each other. They're just misery loves company kind of a thing. And everybody's ending up, you know, just this isn't working. Nobody's, you know, they're out to, I'm out to get something for myself from you or from this group of people rather than to give to it or add to it or enhance it for mm-hmm. unselfish reasons, you know. Now I want to close up with with one challenge for us. As we talked through peace, love, unity, respect, we, we talked about where the world comes up empty, where the Bible tells us the true, but I want to meet somewhere in the middle at church. Mm. Is the church getting it right? Because there's got to be a reason why these kids are looking for love in all the wrong places. Why don't you just come to church? I mean, if we got it so down, if we have this thing right, how, how's the church doing on genuine peace, love, unity, respect? Well, there's... You know, some are doing it right and some aren't. But what I'm seeing um, on the whole is that the church is no longer going like they should. You know, the the Great Commission tells us to go into all the world. And um, we've become, you know, I'm talking generally, but we've become an attraction ministry where we try to attract them to come to us. And you look at the polls and this generation isn't coming to church um, like they used to, like our generation did. And um, uh, 
you know, the Bible uh, tells us that Jesus said, come with me to the disciples and I'll teach you how to fish for men. He used fishing as an analogy. And uh, so not going um, and trying to attract makes just as much sense as a fisherman going to a lake and standing on the shore and begging the fish to jump out of the water and into his net. <laughs> you know, it just, it, you would right, just, right. just get in just the come net. Over here. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. We're supposed to go, and that means you go where the fish are, and that mm. means you get in the water, you go into their world. You don't try to attract them into your world. You go and you get them. And um, when you, when we, we found that when we do that, you know, you get a little messy, you get a little wet, mm-hmm. but ministry is messy. And, you know, God came to us. We follow his example. He was fully God and fully man. You know, God wore a diaper. That's messy, mm. you know, and but he came to where we were. And that was an example to us. We should go to where the lost are and be willing to go get them. And then once we mm. once we go where they are, another mistake I think the church is making is we're cleaning fish we haven't caught yet, you know, or we're trying mm-hmm. to. And so we're trying to fix the outside up and make it, you know, quit acting out. Don't say those words. Don't do this. Don't do that. Dress modestly. Do this. Do that. You know, we're clean, trying to clean fish we haven't caught yet. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We need to go and share the good news. And once that good news sinks into that heart, all that other stuff is going to get cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. God demonstrates his love and that while we were sinners, Jesus died, died for us. us. While we were sinners. And he came to us where we were sinners and loved us here, right in the midst of it. Right. Um, I learned the same thing in church planting, right, in the church planting world. When you uh, seek to, you know, do outreach in a community, you know, um, you got to go and find out what the needs are in the community. And you find out people have been, we found that people have been hurt by church. They've yeah. been hurt by people misrepresenting God. Um, you know, they if God is so loving, well, how come this person in this position of authority is supposed to be a leader, you know, in the church. I'm supposed to feel safe with them, did this, that, or the other. Um, and one of my favorite, <laughs> one of the most, one of the saddest stories, but one of my favorite uh, transformation stories is a uh, girl, um, you know, Barbara, she was kicked out of a church because uh, she had been going for a couple of years and they're like, you know, you've been here for a while. You've been coming around for a couple of years and, you know, you haven't quit doing your drugs yet. And you know what, you need to go. And she came to us and she was blown away that she said she wasn't judged. Uh, she wasn't kicked out. She wasn't turned away. She wasn't told, you need to do this first and you do that. She was like, you guys just loved on me. And that was different. And that really meant a lot to me. And, you know, you know the story today. She's totally transformed, helping other women awesome. recover and stuff like that. But hearing that broke my heart. And I felt very, I felt I needed to apologize on behalf of pastors and the church at, at large. Like, I'm sorry that that happened to you, you know, because that's not jesus heart he goes and he you know talks about the spiritual need and then in the process of talking to people their sin gets revealed and they just start confessing you know yeah it happens by applying the law uh, applying christian standards to non-believers it happens by uh, expecting perfection from brand new believers Mm -hmm. and it happens by by an inward focus in in the same way that as we as we talked about drugs try to to produce a false peace, love, unity, respect. We try to produce it by works of the flesh. Our flesh isn't going to do it. But when the Holy Spirit takes over and we bring the Holy Spirit, we bring the presence of God out into the world, out to sinners, the same way Jesus brought it to us, man, you see some great things happen. You end up with some great stories to tell. And when that happens, we'll be the best vibe around. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And with that, 
bring God's love out into the world and let him come with you. Because that's the only way it's going to work. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Thanks, Brad. We'll Thank say goodnight. You. We'll see Thank you in the next you. episode. Thanks for joining Soul. And that does it for Episode 7. If you want to hear more from Rob and Colleen, check out their website at raveoutreach.com. Their newsletter is literally the best newsletter I've ever read because every one of them just has the most amazing God stories and so much grace. So go to raveoutreach.com, get the newsletter, and find out how you can pray for them. Follow them on Facebook so that you can pray while they're out at the raves. They post live updates with prayer requests. And what's more, Colleen just published a book. It's called Smack Dab, as in Smack Dab in the Center of God's Will. It's on Amazon or at their website, again, raveoutreach.com. Just go to shop, then books. And next week, Mike Bonomo is back as we talk about the road to recovery from drug addiction and all the complex issues that come with it, not just for the addict, but for the family as well. Another powerful conversation centered on God's grace. And that's it. New episode premieres every Friday. You can subscribe and get all our episodes wherever great podcasts are found. And check our YouTube channel to see it in the studio. Videos coming soon. You can also find every episode at soulpodcast.com. That's S-O-L-E podcast.com. The Soul Podcast is a production of Through the Word. If you like this podcast, you're going to love Through the Word with audio guides for every chapter in the Bible. Join us for an epic journey through the entire Bible and understand the Bible in just 10 minutes a day. Get the app free at throughtheword.org. The Soul Podcast is listener supported. You can donate on the throughtheword.org website. All gifts tax deductible. Our producer is Brad Hornback. Audio production by Kira Joy. Editing by yours truly. Video production by Michael Kincaid and Daniel Torres. On behalf of the whole team at The Soul Podcast, thanks for joining us. You heard the story. Now go talk about it. Share a post. Tell a friend. Start a conversation. We'll see you in the next one. You gotta hear that story.